Now is the time. Yeah, that was the time, the mystical <laughs> time. It is also the winter solstice. When is the winter solstice? Solstice. Uh, well, it's the, I believe it's the 22nd of December, uh, but the Roman calendar moved it to the 25th of December, which is why uh, yeah. Christmas Day is actually really the winter solstice, according to the Roman calendar. But yeah, I quite like most of these, like Christmas, winter solstice, Easter, um, spring equinox. Um, although technically Easter is actually the first full moon after the spring equinox, which is why the date keeps changing. Is is that how it's still calculated then? It's yes. not like, yeah. It's, it's the same as Passover as well, but it's all basically the spring equinox, which is why you have eggs at Easter. And the actual, where you get estrogen, the word estrogen is from Easter. It was the ah, goddess of fertility. I didn't know that. I used to know about, um, a little bit more about Easter, but um, over the years I've just completely forgot. <laughs> well, the thing is, I find it fascinating um, that, it's like, why do they call it Easter? Why do we give eggs at Easter? What's yeah. that got to do with, like, religion? So I'm, like, one of these, like, an inquisitive mind that's like, okay. And then, like, obviously back then you didn't, all you had was encyclopedias, but you wouldn't ever find that in it. And now you've got the magic of Google and the internet. I was told, uh, this was months ago, and and I haven't, I need to speak to the person I told us this, but they told me, right, that the word dude originates from some kind of, racial thing and I no, was like no no way that. oh was it no it wasn't me no no no. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no it dates back to some kind of racial thing right but um and I have looked into it and I can't find any link to any racial thing at all right so I need to speak with that person again to find out what they actually think so yeah uh yeah the point of me saying that was like um you've got to be careful what you read though haven't you there's a lot of stuff that people say and and you could just make what anything up really couldn't you I think that's why we need a disclaimer on the podcast that says yeah. facts may not be accurate. <laughs> facts may not be fact. <laughs> as I've said before, like most of my history comes from either watching Carry On films or Black Adder. <laughs> I don't think you get any more accurate than that, to be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> based based on actual events like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, carry-on films, they cover, like, Cleopatra, Roman, Caesar, and all that, don't they? Exactly. Sure that's pretty accurate. They wouldn't make it up. Exactly. Anyway, shall we start? <laughs> uh, we'll kind of add. <laughs> we have, yeah. Welcome, welcome. I'm Steve. I'm Kevin. And this is Nerds Talk, and today we're going to talk about proper geeky stuff. I should say nerdy stuff, because we're cool nerds. Um... Because uh, I wanted to ask you about um, the, well, two things, actually. But you went on, um, uh, what did you do? You went on a camp thing. Uh, we got a cheap caravan in Dover. Um, it was, what was it, in November now, I think it was. So it wasn't the best of weather. Um, but I think it was like for Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. It cost 100 quid. Um and this caravan had like gas central heating in there. It was comfortable, mm. so there wasn't one great. But we went there, uh, a few of us, just to play games for the weekend and have a few drinks and things. Yes, um, cool. it was quite a nice little campsite. Well, campsite, caravan site. Um, yeah, it was like a nice little village near Dover. Mm-hmm. 
I've never done a gaming night. This um, someone I work with, she she said that um, she wants to do like a gaming night for the whole team, and it sounds really good. But I've I've never done it, but I'd love uh, to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the games we kind of play, you need more than just an evening. You probably want to stretch it from the afternoon into the evening, yeah. depending on what your tiffle is. Well, yeah, because like um, for instance, this um, Christmas Christmas Eve. I got me mum, got me mum and dad's the whole family there, and um, and we do we do games like board games, you know, like silly games, um, yeah, and that's all fun, but that's not the same though, is it? No, like, you know, I, doing doing trivial pursuit, no, trivial pursuit like. isn't <laughs> it's not the same. If but, someone breaks out Monopoly, I'm I'm out. No, I will not play Monopoly. I hate <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> I hate Monopoly too, and I'm forced yeah. I'm forced to play it. At because, least once a year. I used to enjoy it, but then you realise that all it is is like, right, buying it, buying it, buying it, buying it, and it's whoever, like, just everyone buying property. Cons- I know that's what you, the idea of the game, but all it is is whoever manages to get Mayfair and a hotel on that, well, that's it, game over for everyone. And then <laughs> the actual premise of it is basically about mortgages and paying rent, and I'm like, that is not a good, interesting premise for a game. <laughs> Let's play a game where you have to have mortgages and then you can get bankrupt and have to sell your house. Oh, yeah, that sounds great fun, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm out. <clears throat> I wish I could play, say that. I'd rather play games involving dragons and, like, quests and things. Yeah, so what kind of games do you play then? So are they, are you gaming um, camp, gaming weekend, like, what, what did you do? Uh, so, we, we, to, to, ah... So we bought a load of games with us, right? And I think, right, yeah, we can have a load of games. So my favourite game is a game called Talisman, mm-hmm. which is like a magical quest game. So it's a big board. And the idea is that you, there's three, there's an outer section of this land, an inner and a middle section. And what you've got to do is you move around the board on the outside to build up your strength to get strong enough to start crossing into the centre of the board because there's various obstacles in the way. And you like mm-hmm. you land on a square like you land in like the um the graveyard, draw two cards. So you draw two quest cards and it might be a monster you have to fight, or it'll be some kind of event thing that like, oh, the devil has just appeared and makes a deal with you and he's now made you evil. So then your character becomes evil and stuff like that. Um it's a really good game. You can actually get a digital version of it as well. But anywho, I digress, right? So we brought all these <laughs> games around, but because one of us had bought, like, we we're always said, we've never played Magic the Gathering. Don't understand how you'd even get into it. But he bought, like, a starter set for Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you've seen that. So we we basically learned Magic the Gathering from this set. And it's like, oh, this is really good. Let's just have another game. Let's just have another game. Um, so we played that mostly. But then we had, also, we played a lot of this game called Catan. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. That's quite a a popular-ish game. It's basically C- like... Uh, Catan. Catan, yeah. C-A-T-A-N. Um, you basically... You have an island and you have to build your um, empire on that island, like build cities, build roads and stuff like that. Um, but you need to buy resources and mine resources and things. And the other players are trying to like get all these resources and things. So you're kind of working against each other to build your cities up. Yeah. Um, it's oh, like so are there, are there loads of uh, pieces that you use for it? <clears throat> yeah, it's like a, a big island board mm-hmm. in the middle. And then, yeah, you've got like, so for example, little houses will represent a city. 
and then you've got these little blocks that represent the roads that you're building and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like cards as well. You buy like the resources will be cards, so you'll have like stone, so you draw a stone card and stuff like that. Mm. It's, uh, um, it's, it's not that much, it, it's not like a, a fantasy or anything like that. It's just like a gaming like that. It's pretty straightforward, easy to play for anyone that isn't really into the heavy, hard board gaming that we normally do. But, um, so, with, so you'd with, like that, I think. Well, yeah, so with like, um, uh, with, so with those games, do you, do you have to make up the story yourself, or can you follow a, a script? Or no, no, that that story is you've just basically all on this island vying for a bit of power. Um, it's not really right. a story based game. Yeah. Um, for those, we've got like um, other games that would take over that. But the other game that we played, and I think you'd like, and I think I mentioned it to you before, it's called Munchkin. It's basically ah. like a card game. <clears throat> where you've got to like work against each other and you go through these dungeons drawing cards and things and mm-hmm. it's, it's done like you've got like funny pictures of this geezer wearing this potato around or uh, armor made of like um fries and it'll be like spudded armor instead of studded armor so it's uh, armor right. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah or you've got like a he- one wearing a helmet that's got an arm hanging out of it. Um, so you've got an extra hand to carry more stuff. And it's called, that bit of equipment is called an army helmet. Because it's got an arm coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a game, with, it's silly. It's probably not exactly the same, but um, I, I haven't really played it properly. But um, uh, it's a game called Muffin Time. And it's another card game. But... Um, yeah, it's one of those games where just anything can happen. <laughs> um, I can't even describe it properly. It's, is it a fantasy game or is it a horror game or just a... It's, it's just a really silly game. <laughs> oh. You draw cards and... Um, uh, yeah, I think they kind of get you to do tasks and stuff. I'd have to, um, I'd have to dig it out to is really it like find a part, it. A party game kind of thing. You just describe that as. Yeah, more of a party game. Yeah, yeah. yeah you it, see, it I, kind of like. I, I, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. I, I was, I'm not a massive fan of party games. I like games with strategy. Yeah. They each their own. Yeah. I know Monopoly's got a strategy, but I still don't like that. <laughs> it's not much of a strategy, though, is it? Because buying it, buying it, buying it. Um, now, I mean, the thing about Monopoly is I hate Monopoly, and I've uh, I've been wrestled to the floor to play Monopoly before, and um, <laughs> to force us uh, to play. It. And then last time I played, um, it was earlier this year, um, but I actually and I was winning, so and I completely thrashed her, so I was laughing my head off. So actually, it was really fun, but only because I was absolutely thrashing her. So, <laughs> well, that's the luck that's... of landing on the right property. Exactly. As well, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, e- even though I mean we've got several different monopoly types, <laughs> and even the kiddies monopoly isn't that fun. We got a minions no. one, and it's we've okay. Got a few. Um, we, we've got a Simpsons one. I've got a Walking Dead one. Um, uh, the standard editions one. Then. Simpsons ones, you've got credit cards that you can put your cash on and stuff like that. But yeah, well, I just don't I, like it. Well, I've mentioned this game to you before, but there's a game called Labyrinth, and it's quite an old yeah, game. I've seen, they... I've seen pictures of that actually. Yeah, it does look quite good actually. To be and, fair, 
Yeah, that that's the one way. It, there is a little bit of strategy to it because you're constantly having to move things around. The other player are, is also moving things around. So the whole um, maps map and the whole all, all the different routes that you're trying to take to collect items sort of changes. Um, do you know what I mean? You're always fighting against that. So that one's more fun. Yeah. Um, that, that, there's, so there's, that's sort of like, I like a competitive game, but other games that we like to play, mm-hmm. there'll be like cooperative games where you're all on the same team playing against the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so we've got a few like Arkham Horror um, right. our, our board game. And it's like you're basically set in 1920s with Cthulhu mysteries, like all like the horrific, like alien god things that yeah. these cults are summoning. So you'll have this board that's set up like a, the setup of the town, the town of Arkham, which is from HP Lovecraft. And then you'll all have your little character and you go along, and there's like an un, a story that unfolds that when you hit certain things, releases the next part of the, the story ah. so you'll have to like right let's split up and go there and you'll have to fight like monsters and the way you fight the monsters the game will tell you how that monster fights back so you don't need someone playing the monsters or anything the game plays itself and you will work as a team against the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a different game that's not competitive it's cooperative we've got a few games like that so Arkham Horror um, I've got another game called Unfathomable, which is set in the same sort of era, but you're all on a boat, uh, like crossing the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then as you're crossing the ocean, you're being attacked by monsters and things, and you've got to keep the boat going. Ah. But what happens is there's one of you at one point in the game becomes a traitor. So if you, you don't know who it is, because you'll draw a card, it'll tell you you're actually the traitor now. So you don't know who the traitor is. And what happens is you've got to like put resources in together to try and like get the boat going on. Now, <clears throat> if so, you don't know who's put what resources in, but for some reason, if you fail a task, you know, hang on, someone hasn't put all their resources in. But then you're thinking, well, it might just be because they didn't have enough resources to put in. Uh-huh. And then as the game goes on, you're like, you get suspicious about who's the actual traitor here. <laughs> and then that traitor, when he's revealed, and then has got a diff- he's got a different secret mission to work against the other players. Uh, it's a really, it's a funny game. Beautiful yeah. miniatures you get with it as well. Um, but they're not really kid friendly. I wouldn't have thought the Arkham games. No, it's funny you say that about miniatures. There's a um, there's a few people on uh, Patreon who. Uh, Make miniatures? Oh, they they design miniatures, and mm. they just printables. Print. Yeah. yeah, no, no, these are just cards. So, um, oh. I'm sure there are people that do 3D print models as well. But now there's people that um, they just they've got a, a list of uh, you know, the their followers, their patrons follow them and suggest um, miniatures to to create, and then they because they're good artists, they draw them. Um, draw them in the right format and people can print them off and, <laughs> and use them in games. That'd be more like if you're doing something like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. You've yeah. Got, like, if you want miniatures to place. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're someone that uses like, because the miniatures for Dungeons and Dragons are so expensive, the actual figures. Mm-hmm. But you don't need miniatures for Dungeons and Dragons depending on how you play that. All right. But mm. um, the other game that we were playing on our... Um, wintry weekend breakaway was a game called Villainous, like a mm. Disney game. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Um, so basically it's all the villains from the Disney movies. And yeah. you each play a villain 
and each of you have got a different objective to complete what you need to do. So you can stop the other players getting their objectives whilst you're trying to work to get your objectives and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's a really complicated game. I'm not a massive fan of it because I'm not a massive Disney fan, but the yeah. others really love it. Um, but there's loads of expansions that you can buy. So you've got the base game and then you can buy a load of the packs that gives you more villains that you can play. So it's like, like Talisman. It, you've got the base game and then I've got something like one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got eight expansions to the Talisman game. Jeez. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive, really good game. You'll have to Google it when we finish talking on this. It's an absolute favourite game of mine. It's simple to play. It's got a great setting. The idea is that you basically got to get to the centre of the board to control the realm by getting the crown of um, command. Yeah. And it's a race, basically, like you can spend ages walking, wandering around, picking cards up, buying different equipment and that. But if another player is getting stronger than you, he gets to the centre before you. Then when whoever gets to the centre bit first can start casting spells that starts depleting the lives of the other characters. All right. So it gets quite competitive. And there's yeah. stuff like... Um, one of the expansions I've got on that is like the the Grim Reaper expansion. So it brings like the Grim Reaper figure into the game so that whenever someone rolls a six, you get to move the Grim Reaper a certain number of spaces and you can try and the other players trying to move that to land on one of the other players. And then if the Grim Reaper catches up with another player, you might go, it's you in a creepy <laughs> voice and then roll a dice. And depending on what number you get on a dice is what happens to your character. All right. Is this or is there a set ending <laughs> for uh, for if the, the Grim Reaper gets you? Um, you? You could be like the worst thing that will happen is like your character loses all health and dies, and you've got to choose a new character and start from zero again. Mm-hmm. But or the the worst ones are this is quite funny is that certain conditions within the game, like if you visit a sorceress that she turns you into a toad. So you're turned into a toad for three turns, which basically get the little miniature of a toad replacing your character. You can only move one square at a time. You've got to drop everything you're carrying. So you, and then, so you're like, when you're no longer a toad, you've got lost all your equipment and other players are trying to get all your magical equipment and stuff. All right. (laughs) It's such a fun game. It's, it's, they play it a lot in big bang theory. I don't know if you ever watched that. No. Well, I've seen it, but, um, no, I didn't realize they played, uh, I can't remember an episode where they play games, but yeah. But um, yeah. So, so this whole, so when you when you do these kinds of weekends, do you um, is it? Uh, I because mean, the idea is that you kind of a chill out weekend, isn't it? And then and play games. Are you playing games like most of the time, or have you? Are you just yeah. kind of like? Oh, you are. All right. Yeah. Well, so, for example, I mean, we do like. Most weekends, when we're all free, we'll uh, do gaming around mine. So we'll start at like 12. Uh-huh. I'll do lunch like hot dogs and that. And then we'll crack open a few, whatever board game we want to play. Uh-huh. And then that will take us right up into the evening. So you're basically gaming all sort of afternoon into the early evening. And then you sort of stop around seven and have to a bit of dinner. Sometimes you need to go back to the game, depending on what you're playing, if yeah. it's a long game or not. Like we've got... Um, Oh, we've got this game called, it's called, Betra- I, think I, I can never remember the proper title, but it's Betrayal on House on the Hill. All right. So what are, you're all these people that go into a haunted house and you move around the house exploring it. And as you explore, you put cards down to build up 
the map of the house as you go along. Okay. And there's certain things. You walk into this room, oh, and something bad, that so you draw a card. And, for example, you'll see a ghostly figure of yourself from the future that gives you something to and then that gives you fear points and sanity checks and all that but then what happens is that something throughout about halfway through the game the haunt begins so it means that basically right one of you has to become the traitor similar to like that but you know who the, the traitor is so then he's got a secret like objective and you as the rest of the players have got another objective and then you've all got to try and get out of this house and escape it's a fun game and there's like 200 different scenarios so depending on what combination of equipment you've got and who was the last one to do the roll of the dice to call what's called the haunt is you turn to different pages and it gives you like a whole different like story it's quite a fun little game actually yeah, that sounds like something I would enjoy. The thing for me is, um, I've got I've got a few games that um, are kind of games that take ten hours. <laughs> yeah, and... our games will take like ten odd hours, or they're long games like that. Is a pr- well, that could be done in like an afternoon. Yeah, talisman, talisman could if you use a lot of the expansions because you've got like you can extend the board by putting corner expansions on it with other realms. Right. That can take like five hours. God, um, yeah, and this is the this is the problem. Like setting aside that amount of time, obviously I've got yeah. kids, so it's like it becomes more difficult, isn't it? To um, when maybe when they get a bit older, they'll be able to go right. Let's <clears throat> let's play some cool games, guys. <laughs> At oh, the minute, come round to one of my gaming weekends. That's the yeah. whole day. Like we'll do the whole day. Like we've got some really good games, like Mansions of Madness. It's got big old miniatures and things, and mm-hmm. that's like a, another love. We like we, we like love the Lovecraft games. Yeah. Um, but when we've got some two-player stuff as well, like God Tier, that's a really good game. It's got mm-hmm. like these little miniatures that you basically both fight for objectives on the board, and you've both got different spells and abilities and stuff like that. Yeah. Like my my favourite character is this big massive um, monster called Grimgut. And he's like a big swelling stomach. And his special ability is that he can spew out these little minions. So he picks up digested food that are these little figure things that you can use. Um, (laughs) And then he can roll, like if he wants one of his abilities to roll, so he can roll in a straight line, more squares and stuff like that. Uh It's kind of like chess kind of a strategy working against each other All but right. I would say that the, the most complicated game I think we've played and it's only a two player though it's War of the Ring so like oh. a massive Lord of the Rings game yeah. so you've got like it takes so long to set up you've got all of the armies of Middle Earth one of you will play the free men and one of um, and controlling the hobbits whilst the other one is playing Sauron so obviously as Sauron your objective is to find the ring and to win the war where the objective of basically the freemen is to try and get the ring to Mordor whilst defending against Sauron's massive armies. Yeah. But that takes a long time to play. Fun, fun game though. Yeah, that's the problem. Even even sort of single games, because um, I've got too many projects going on, I um, I start something and then... Uh, and then I might not do it for another week, and then I'm kind of like, oh, I need to start it again, sort of thing. That's how yeah, I feel. I know that is what you you do tend to be like a dog chasing a shiny ball. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> uh, I got too many too many things going on. Music is um, one thing I'll really concentrate on in a minute. And coming into the new year, I want to um, 
I want to uh, get the rest of my comic books all finished, done, and then yes. um, I'll basically have one sort of graphic novel. I've, I've finished the the story, um, the plot. Um, I, I just need to to get all get it all written up um, for the artist, really. So you're thinking about your comic, right? Mm. There's uh, what you'd actually find quite interesting. We do like Call of Cthulhu, which is it's like a role playing game. If you think Dungeons and Dragons, but it's set in 1920s America, mm-hmm. where you your characters like an investigator or a reporter or a policeman and stuff like that. And what you can have though, you can have it in different eras. So what I've seen is people are doing like modern era Call of Cthulhu. So imagine like your comic, The Brink. With like you could have like a team of investigators that have come together like within the brink, yeah. um, investigating some kind of evil monster that's been spotted on the moors, mm-hmm. and you can sort of like you can even have it set. I was thinking about doing like um, a Call of Cthulhu modern day set within the area that I live and stuff like that. Uh, fun. That would be quite cool. Yeah, and I think that would fit like the idea. You could do one of those scenarios based on one of your comics. Yeah. Because it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Like with the, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the creature that eats spines now. The cryptoid, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could have it investigating the, the cryptoid. The urban cryptoid. Yeah, you you could have it investigating that and like uh, coming together as a police officer and whatever. Yeah. So that could work as a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Uh-huh. We'll have to discuss this more. I wonder if yeah. it take, takes a bit, does that take a bit of planning though? Or can you literally just... Yeah. Here's the general gist, and let's go yeah. for it. Well, you'd obviously have to come up with the idea of what the uh, you want the adventure to be, or how it's going to unfold. Um, but for example, that you could either have like a long, long campaigns that take forever, like D and D. But I'm buying like one shot adventures, so you can run it in like an afternoon or a day. So mm-hmm. you'd only want to do a simple one like that. But the, the thing what I like about the Call of Cthulhu, and this is where I think your your one would work really well. Um, if so, you know, with oh, was it issue three or four, where you did that little notebook thing with all the little oh, extras. yeah, yeah, it was thrilling, so, yeah. Oh, it might have been three. So, with the Call of Cthulhu, when I ran this game, I found these handouts so I could print out like newspapers, headlines, and articles, letters, someone's last will and testament, and things. Mm-hmm. So that when people are recent, the idea is more of a mystery. So, when people are, I'm going to go to the library and investigate, um any stories I can find about this house we're investigating. So they've got to do these role library check to see if they're good at researching. Mm-hmm. And if they're successful, oh, here you go, you find this. And then you hand them over like a newspaper cutout with like done like a 1920s newspaper. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of like your investigators are reading over it. And, oh, look, it says here that, and they learn clues through the handouts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think do, you yeah. designing them would actually work really well for your comic series. Like if you yeah. did your own. Yeah, because one of you, I think, thinking about it, it could have been issue four actually, Kev. But the um, uh, I'd, I'd, the, you could buy a um, a, a more kind of beefed up version of the of the issue, and in it, I printed off um little uh, like designed them and printed <clears> off little information cards. It was supposed to kind of fit in with you know like doing an investigation sort of thing. Um, and I glued these little information cards about some of the characters into the yeah. comic book. So you can open the comic book and, um, you know, it's got little bits of paper in there, um, sort of in between the the parts of the story. So you can read a little bit more. Um, 
and I really want to do that for when I finish the whole series and you know like a, do like a mega sort of graphic novel um but not just a graphic not just a it's just a graphic novel but have all of these extra bits in there to make it a lot more interesting um yeah and that kind of yeah I would love to do that actually yeah um you should look into like your Call of Cthulhu stuff then because the fact yeah. is I think it's more interesting that with Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, oh, you're a barbarian dwarf that's from this land of Glagolameshka and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, or Faon, obviously, um, on the Sword Coast or whatever. But here, it's realistic settings with realistic yeah. people. Yeah, like, you're oh, from you're Croydon, like... mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. You're like, uh, you're an old retired police officer that's obviously seen some weird stuff going on. Yeah. So you're investigating that. And in the meantime, this newspaper student or a university student trying to do a journalism degree wants some experience. So they team up with you to go and inv- And that's how your story starts to roll. Oh, and it's all about just... investigating and finding clues. So all you run as, you know, so instead of a dungeon master, you'd be like a, a keeper. Uh-huh. The keeper of the arcane law, so you run the game. So you're basically you're describing the settings and where they are, and when they find some clues, or whatever you've got handouts you can hand them. Like, oh yeah, you found this clue, yeah. and stuff like that. Cool. Ah, oh, this is interesting. This could be another Kickstarter campaign. We need we need to finish our um our card game first, though. Oh yeah, dusk to dawn. Dusk to dawn. Um, and right, I'm gonna um that's gonna be another mission. Okay, so Dust to Dawn is another because it's all started. Well, actually, like three quarters of the way through it. Um, mm. you know what I mean? We've got the rules, we've got everything set out, we've got um some of the art. Um, I just need to finish the rest of the art. So, yeah, so basically, from what I remember, you each player takes on either the zombie lord yeah. or the vampire lord. Yeah. And you have like male or female, a... though. Remember, oh, that's true. <laughs> I did. You if you a... flip the flip the cards upside down, you could be female, or flip it the other way, it could be male. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So it appeals to both genders, um, which is good. Um, and then, yeah, what was it? You you had to go and try and get dominion over these villages because it was set in the yeah. land of Albion, wasn't it? Yeah. Ancient world of Albion. And yeah. you're all fighting for the villagers for the control of who's going to dominate the land. Yeah. I think you had to collect villagers or turn them either into vampires or zombies. Yeah, and, that, and that's like different cards you could lay to stop the other player. Yeah. Oh, as I describe it to myself, I'm like, oh, I'd play that game. <laughs> but that's how you you win the game. You you play it. each um, each game kind of represented an hour of night, didn't it? And um yeah. and. Uh, at from the end of your yeah, from dusk till dawn. I think we sort of worked out like a ten-hour period or something, didn't we? So ten games, um, and uh, <coughs> however, depending on how however many games you've won, you get extra cards for the for the last battle, the final battle. Yeah, um, it's stronger, aren't you? You get strong, yeah. it represents you getting stronger with the more yeah. cards, and the weaker one's going to have less cards to throw at you. Yeah, yeah, there's a hand limit, wasn't there? Uh huh. There was a really good card, which was a special card, which um, you could use uh, to reverse, uh, to, to completely reverse roles. So if, Kev, if you were winning, if you were thrashing me in a game and I came across this card, oh, I could yeah. use it, flip roles, and all of a sudden I'm the one winning instead. Yeah. Magical, magical card, that one. 
Yeah, that's right. You the zombie bites the vampire, and the vampire becomes the bloody zombie <laughs> lord. Yeah, and the zombie's infected by the vampire. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a vampire now. Yeah. yeah. See, we would have to read the rules again. The wooden but to go. Oh yeah, I remember now. <laughs> we haven't even looked at it yeah. for probably how many years? Three, three years, three three years three or something. Years. Yeah. Yeah. We even I even put uh, put it on to um, a few forums. Um, the game as well. Yeah. The game and for yeah and. There was a bit of feedback. I think, um, some of them wanted um, it printable so that they could test it out. So, I mean, there's always people out there that are willing to to check it, check it out and give it a go. Yeah, I think the only thing you have to develop more on that, I'm thinking more sort of cards that might be advantages or disadvantages to each other. Like, oh, I've got the Holy Cross, so I can play that against the vampire, which we already had. Or, yeah. Yeah, like we yeah. had that. We had we had um, the, the cards were similar, but um, but they affected different characters in different ways than the. So we had holy water. Um, yeah, the the holy cross. Um, can't remember now. There was a stake as well. Yeah, uh, for the um, uh, for the zombie though, wasn't it like probably something? I'm sure I'd, at some point I've I've written down fire chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, there was fire chainsaw. Or, or gun or something, um, yeah. So I, I think we had we had it pretty covered because I played it with with Emma quite a few times and she really liked it. Yeah, I played it with my mate a couple of times. Yeah. And was, oh, that's actually quite good. Yeah, just need to get the artwork done. Oh, let's let's get on it. Let's do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've inspired you, but um, well, ah, well, that will take me on to the the next bit. So moving on from my windy weekend down in Dover. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't about the food, a comment on the food there or anything. Uh, <laughs> it was the weather. Well, I went to um, Dragon's Meat Gaming Convention. Oh, yeah. Ago, and they have a lot of people there that they are creating their own games like we're doing here. And they mm-hmm. like let you have a look to see if you want to buy it or invest in it. Imagine also, having a stall at Dragon's Meat. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So what happens then? Do you have to sort of, do you just pitch it to people or do you just display your stuff and people ask you about it and then do they... Had people, yeah, people had a stall there and there was a independent... They had a lot of game people there that were like proper, like established games and things. But then you had like people that were like, oh, they've just designed this game. They're trying to like flog their game to people and they're like, they can demonstrate it for people if you want to have a go and see how, like, oh, how's that work? Yeah. Or they've like, you can buy this artwork here and you could also support the game and stuff like that. Ah, cool. So, in a way, is it like a an in person Kickstarter as well? Kind of, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's pretty much like I took a few leaflets about some people that are always like, oh, was it this guy was developing this um, a game thing it's similar to Thousand Year Old Vampire. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, no. It, it's like journaling game where it's basically uh, like different crows of different abilities and that, and you you work your way through it. It's a bit hard to describe, but it was a game that he was designing and stuff like that. Uh huh. Um, you should you should next time they do dragons, mate. Which it seems to be every sort of December time. All um, right. Start of December, you should come down to it and have a look. Um, shall we? Also... Well, how about this, then, Kev? How about we set a target, like a goal? for us to actually have a stall at Dragon's Meet next year. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Let's um, do it. Especially as 
You've normally got uh, Sir Ian Livingstone has a stall there normally, so oh, I've made cool. him there a couple of times. Um, obviously, fighting fantasy books. Mm-hmm. Um, la- I didn't see him in the last one I went to, but I did. They had. Um, do you remember the Lone Wolf books? I might have mentioned them before. They're like uh-huh. a nineteen eighties yes. choose your own adventure book, and yeah. they started to re-release them in hardback editions. So the original writer Joe Dever, he's died. But his son's taken over the the right of the, the the publishing of the books mm. or the republishing. So Ben Dever. So I I met him, got his autograph in the book. The year before that, there was an artist called Gary Chalk that was there. He did a lot of the illustrations in the books back in the eighties, and uh-huh. he did the a load of fantasy artwork. Like he did the original artwork for Talisman board game because Talisman was a game that was originally in the eighties and it's it's still being reprinted now. Yeah. Um. So obviously he's not the artist now, but <clears throat> so had a lot of like a lot of big sort of names there in the old gaming community. Well, did you hear about that? You've just reminded me. Um. Did you hear about the guy um, who uh, he wrote? Um, it's kind of like fan fiction, but he wrote um, a, a, like a follow up to the um, Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. Um, did you hear about him? Yes. Yeah. Is this the guy that got tried to sue the Rings of Power? Yeah. And so, <laughs> they basically are suing him now. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so a court ordered that all of his books are destroyed. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, he basically he should have kept his mouth shut. He tried to see the rings of power, yeah, because it's a sober of his book. That, yeah, but mate, you right. In fact, you, you haven't got permission to publish Lord of the Rings books, yeah, right. Like, what are you doing? Because his was called, uh, oh, the Fellowship of the King, yeah, the Fellowship of the King, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like royally backfired. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that you couldn't. He could never have published that. You're taking like intellectual property. Well, you can't. So, if you're writing fan fiction, you can't publish. Stuff, oh, you can't, can't you? profit. Yeah, but you can't profit from it. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise I'll write my own little sequel to the Lord of the Rings, and I'll make money because it's got Lord of the Rings title on it. Well, yeah, that's true. But you, yeah, but you could get permission though, couldn't you? Like, it would probably be. <clears throat> Unlikely to get permission from Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, that's one Tolkien thing, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, uh, that's the thing, right? So if if I'd written a if I'd written a really successful book, and I had loads of people who um who wanted to to write other little stories and all that, I would um I would have to approve the the stories to make sure that they're not absolute rubbish, right? But um I would be quite happy for people to make money uh-huh. off it. Well, this is interesting. So going back to H.P. Lovecraft, who did the Cthulhu mythos, mm-hmm. um, he allowed other people to use his like works to write their own books. And it's where the Cthulhu mythos comes from, because other people have added to the whole law of what he originally wrote in like, the 1920s. Mm. So he was allowing that to happen back then. Yeah. The thing is now with obviously Lovecraft work is beyond it's over like a hundred years old, so it's in the public domain. So you can use stuff like Arkham in your own work. Oh, okay. You've got Batman uses that's... the word the term Arkham. Well, that's Lovecraft. Well, that's right. Because remember a few months ago when uh, sometime this year they were talking about um, how they were re- rewriting um, old books um, and with you know sensitivity um, uh, writers. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and you know, there was a big sort of thing about it. Well, apparently, um, uh, they do that because they want to keep the um, cop, uh, no, the copyrights, the they cop- change it slightly, yeah, so that it, it maintains its copyright so it doesn't become a story that, um, yeah, runs out and then anyone can kind of, you know, use it. Um, I suppose, yeah, that so might be the I, same with Lord of the Rings, yeah. Um, I mean, it's like with the Arkham Horror games, they can use all those trademarks. Well, they're not really, they're they're in public domain, like Arkham, Cthulhu and all that. Mm -hmm. But they're certain, because they've copyrighted certain elements for their games, which are slightly different, you can't just copy their games or anything. Yeah. But if you want to do like a, this is funny, so do you know Night of the Living Dead, George Romero? He didn't do the copyright properly on it, so it's in the public domain. So you could write the novelization of Night of the Living Dead and not get sued. Really? Has don't yeah. somebody must have tried it then? Yeah, well, there's, there's, um, I think the Walking Dead. They were originally going to call it um, the Living Dead, uh-huh. basing it on like the Romero thing because there's no copyright on that. So like in no... the eighties, there was. Do you remember the film Return of the Living Dead? Yeah. Yeah, because they were like using the Living Dead from Romero. It's a different franchise, but uh, oh, we can use the titles and stuff like that. Oh, right. it, it was a mistake they made on the copywriting, which is why you can have various publishing houses will release a Night of the Living Dead because it hasn't got the right copyright. So, so you if, can make money off it. So if we went ahead right now and wrote Night of the Living Dead based yeah. on the then. That nothing could be done. <laughs> no, we because would... it, it's entered into the public domain in the same way that if you wrote a story of like H.P. Lovecraft or anything like that, mm-hmm. it, it it's not like there's no estate. That there's still the Tolkien estate that will hold the copyright still. Whereas mm-hmm. I think even with Charles Dickens or Shakespeare, you know, no one holds the Shakespeare estate. Like, Shakespeare gets paid or his family get paid royalties from all that work. So you could publish the complete works of Shakespeare and make money from that. Mm. Well, let's do it. Why aren't we doing this? Because <laughs> everyone else is. That's the problem. Everyone else is, yeah. <laughs> uh, thing is, though, when you've got a passion for something, you don't you don't want to be ripping other things off, there. No, I, mean, no, no. I mean, some people say that everyone's ideas aren't new no. anyway because they're just a kind of a reinvention of something that has gone before but ah but um i think in one of my books that i'm writing at the moment i actually wanted a really creepy kind of like book title from this ancient book that's describing ancient gods and things in it right and i thought oh uh vermis de mysterious which is like an ancient creepy volume from hp lovecraft so i've used that because the title's not copyrighted the Mystery of the Worm, roughly translated. In one of the novels that I'm writing at the moment, I'm, I wanted an ancient, creepy-sounding book because in my in my story, it's talking about like these ancient gods from like before mankind, kind of similar to Lovecraft-type stuff. So a whole kind of like some weird worship of these ancient gods. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I use one of the book names from hp lovecraft so obviously necronomicon would be too obvious but there's one called divermis mysteries 
which is <laughs> translated as Mystery of the Worm. So I just wanted like a creepy sounding book that will describe these ancient kind of deities and things. Um, but it's not copyrighted, so you can do that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you see, that's that's kind of a, a like a nice um, a nod, nod. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a nod. Oh, it's a like, nod. Yeah. Because it's that sort of dark kind of mystery things. I'm like, you know what? Without H.P. Lovecraft, you wouldn't have even had a lot of these kind of stuff around. So you've got a lot to thank him for. I mean, a bit of a strange bloke, a little bit racist, but <laughs> it was the 1920s. <laughs> I think you've got to forgive a lot of his old ancient racist views. <laughs> it's like you would forgive your um, your old granddad or something for for his old views. <laughs> Yeah, like he he grew up in the nineteen. He was living in the nineteen twenties in America, and he had a problem. And he wrote quite a lot and wrote them in a negative light. What uh-huh. he would describe as brown people and foreigners. Uh-huh. Um, it's the thing is though, it's like a thing of the times. You can't. You you. It's like even if you play Call of Cthulhu, you've got to recognise that the setting is nineteen twenties America. Yeah. Um, attitudes were different. It's a thing at the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, talking about um, sort of mysterious type stuff, I've got a game and I haven't opened it yet, <laughs> but I, I funded it on Kickstarter probably about a year and a half ago. Um, it's called Dimensions Doom, and it's um, it's like an interactive pop-up puzzle game. Oh, yeah. Is this the haunted house thing you said? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it looks really cool. It's like part puzzle escape, part sort of mystery. So it's it, it says on here that it's um, one to four players, um, and it can take between ten and fifteen hours to complete. You get a mystery map with it, which has got eight rooms. So if you imagine um, uh, a, a pop up. Um, kind of split into four corners if you know what I mean and it's got an upstairs and a downstairs so there's your four rooms on each each corner Um, or two rooms on each corner if that makes sense Um, and you get um, I mean ages ago I got an envelope through the post with like a sort of a mini mystery thing which is all linked to the main game Um, and uh, aside from the game which I haven't even opened yet I've got an envelope with stuff in it, but it says she wanted she wanted me to give you this. Open it last. Mm. Mm. So I'm not going to open that le- um, that yet. But I think you get um, inside. You get like a um, an investigation dossier with five cases to solve. You get like a metal artifact. It's called a magnifying glass, a hint mm. booklet. Exclusive notepad, oh yeah, um, instruction manual, and an exclusive pencil. But it looks it looks really good, and I know that because I've been listening to their updates and stuff. I know that they've worked really hard at making it, you know, a robust sort of. It needs Is to it be solo a, play. It's solo play and one to four players. So uh, yeah, there's a mystery of to solve of each room and whatnot. Yeah, oh, so it's like an escapey room thing with puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is though, I know that my youngest, if I did pop it up in the living room or something, it would end up getting wrecked. So I don't really want to do that yet. Um, so I might play it with Emma, and um, and then it might keep keep us going. You know what I mean? Like keep keep the story kind of going, and then 
because she might be like, oh, do you want to finish that game? <laughs> Instead of me going, damn, I haven't played it for two weeks. I'm going to have to start again. <laughs> yeah, you want to like to keep going with it. Um, yeah. That sounds actually quite interesting. But it looks, re- it looks really good. The people that have put it, put it together, um, like I said, they like, worked really hard at it and everything. It's, it's, it's a, like a... These things are like passion projects, aren't they? bit like our dust yeah. to dawn sometimes they take a long time to, to finish finally and um and sometimes they, you only get halfway through and then 10 years later you'll go oh i must finish that project that i started <laughs> yeah i have a friend that backs a lot of um kickstart game projects and yeah. he's got a lot the thing is if you back the kickstart you get like a load of extras with it as well yeah um he he backed a game recently called Oathsworn. i mm. kid you not it came in like four boxes that were so heavy you had to carry each box individually they were yeah. packed full of miniatures and things this um dimensions comes in a heavy box as well it's not your yeah. typical board game you definitely you know it, it's and you, and you would think oh it's a pop-up thing but actually they've they've clearly made it out of uh like heavy duty cardboard or whatever but there's there's yeah. another there's another game i um i uh backed on kickstarter as well it's called um uh, Realm, and that's another card game. The, the only I've never actually played it seriously yet. I played it with, <laughs> I played it with my six-year-old, um, and we made up the rules. But you love the artwork on it, and he, and we just sort of battled each other. Um, just made it up. <laughs> Fair enough. Who needs rules? Exactly. Who needs rules? So that that was fun. But the artwork on it is absolutely fantastic, and they're kind of cards that are big, kind of like tarot cards size. That kind of, um, yeah. you know, that kind of game, um, rather than ordinary card size. But yeah, there's, no, there's so many good games out there. Yeah, I mean, we we've got we put a ban on buying any new games because we've got too many games that we've like, oh, we'll try it. this is a great game. <laughs> yeah. We've got a new game to try, it. and then you're like, well, we're playing that game. What about that game? <laughs> and we don't go back to it for ages. Yeah, maybe one day we could um, we could. Grab a, a, a game that we've never played and film it, put it on YouTube. Yeah. For anyone yeah. listening, they, 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 might, they might find that might be too geeky, that might be too too nerdy. I don't know. I'd love, there's a few games. I mean, I'd love to get you around to play some Talisman game because that's just a funny, not difficult game to play. Yeah, that's um, my kind of game. <laughs> not difficult. I'd be like, what? Yeah, a... I don't get it. I don't get the rules. <laughs> We'll ease you into that one, and then we'll get one of the more complicated games out. It'll be like, uh, no, now check your stat against that. Di- no, that dice. The other dice. <laughs> Why have we got seven? That stat. <laughs> no, I don't understand. What's this dice with like twenty corners? <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that one yet. Just roll the one with the twenty, the, the thirty corners. <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that stat block, not that math, that number. <laughs> Deduct it from the total of that. No, that total. I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we do. We've got another game actually that's quite yeah. a fun game. It's you, you, if I describe it, you see how does that work as a board game? It's Formula D, mm-hmm. and it's basically a, a Formula car racing game. Formula One car racing game. Yeah. Um, and then you've got it's so funny you've got the track you've got little cars and what it is you've got like these 
gears. So your first gear is a like a three-sided dice. Second gear is like a six-sided dice. Third gear, gear you start getting into like a ten-sided. Then you go all the way to the sixth gear, which is like a twenty-sided or thirty-sided dice or something <laughs> stupid like that. Yeah. So obviously, what happens is if you're in a really sixth gear, you're going really fast. So you roll a dice. You could get like thirty. So you move thirty squares with your car. But the problem is that you've got a corner coming up there. And on certain corners, you have to stop twice within certain corners. So uh. you overshoot the corner by being in that rolling too high a number. So as soon as you come up to a, a, a corner, you've got to go to a lower gear. So you've got to roll like you're only going to get maximum of maybe three on that dice roll. Because you've got to stop a certain number of times. And then someone might decide, I'm going to take this up fast. I'm going to risk it in a higher gear. And they might be in fourth gear, but roll like at the middle level of that dice. So they get around there in a jammy way. So you can either like blow your car to smithereens or just yeah. take it slow around. It's a really funny game, actually. <laughs> Formula there, D. There are so many, I think so many good games. I've, I've just actually found one, um, which I totally forgot about. It's called Jailbird. It's another oh, card game. Laying down the law. You and your... <laughs> You and your bird friends have committed horrible crimes, but not very well. <laughs> In the yeah, deck of cards, there are evidence cards which prove you have committed these crimes. So you can see how the game kind of might unfold. Um, One of you has really committed the crime or something, or you, who's really the villain, is it, or something like that? Maybe. Must be, yeah. You, you play the game by putting the deck face down. At the end of a police raid, <laughs> each player reveals the number of evidence cards they have. The player with the most number of evidence cards goes goes to jail <laughs> and that's out of the game. Another fun, probably quick kind of game, but that you know they're the kind of games I can kind of cope with at the minute. There's another game you'd quite like, actually, um, Mysterium. You, one of you plays a silent ghost, ah. and you've been murdered, and the other players are, are like clairvoyants who have got to work out who murdered you. Ah. And you do this, so you have like the suspects and the murder weapon where it happened in behind your screen, and you've got to give visions to the clairvoyants to try and make them work out what it is you're you're trying to communicate so you give them like a vision card mm-hmm. like you might say they're really abstract artwork so it'll be a picture of like an overflowing bath melting into the floor or something but it could be you need them to focus on the color white within it so they might say water are oh, you trying to describe water like no i need you to so you put another card down that might have a color a weird picture but it's got another white color in it so like, look, look at the color white because they're trying to match it up with the possible combination that they've got <laughs> so then I want you not to look forget water it's white I need you to look at so it's kind of like actual clairvoyancy what they've, it, it, it's really funny it's hard to explain but you're yeah. basically like you're, you're, you're literally like I need you to pick the so it's basically the card that you need to pick from that level to work out where the crime happened it's like in the garden so gardens are green but all the cards I've got in my vision deck, there's no garden card, however. Oh, I see. Oh, there'll be like a, someone wearing a green cape or someone's like got a glass is... of green juice. So, so it's you like... put that down and they're like, they might think, oh, they're talking about glass. They try, no, the colour. And then you put another one down, a green cape. But that person in the green cape might be holding up a glass. Like, yeah, it's definitely glass. So this is like greenhouse. This is like a more interesting version of Guess Who. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it is <laughs> kind of. But you're not allowed to speak as the ghost. 
all uh, you can do is abstract vision cards. They're like really nice art. And they're like, so you might be thinking it's obvious what I want you to focus on, but they're like, I don't get what you're... And they were like, yeah, he's definitely means it's like the, the, the lounge because of that. Uh, it's a funny game, actually. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, well, there you go. Mysterium. Mysterium. Well, um, this is our last episode before Christmas. And um, Kev, you're going to love this, right? But when we come back after Christmas... It's going to be our twenty-first episode, oh, and and an anniversary. That, yeah, because what that means is we've reached a point that a lot of people who do podcasts never reach. Wow! I remember we've talked about this before, but like, you, if you get past three episodes, you're doing better than like seventy-five percent of um, these aren't don't quarters on this, but seventy-five percent of uh, people that start podcasts. Um, uh, but once you get the Hardly anybody goes past twenty-one um, episodes, so oh, we're that almost there. All three of our listeners. Yes. <laughs> well Whoever done. The, you are. You've managed to like get through. <laughs> Listen and go, these guys. These guys are so dumb. Congratulations but, um, for listening to all twenty so far. Your prize <laughs> is pride and achievement. You're very proud of yourself. <laughs> Hopefully we'll provide something a bit interesting, hopefully. Um so yeah, so well, here we are. You've been listening to Kevin Steve on Nerds Talk Two. Um subscribe to our podcast. it's on Apple, Spotify, Audible Overcasts, put on YouTube sometimes and Rumble and but you can also find my stuff at um stevensweeney.co.uk and check out my comic book at brinkcasefiles.com. Kevin Oh, and your music that's out now. You've oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I've got I've got a song out. I've got um, another song on its way as well. I did a lyrics video, which is on YouTube, um, if you look for Unfolding World. Oh, I didn't know there was a lyrics video. I'll look for that. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Um, mm. I might even put it in the description of this uh, this episode. And <laughs> uh, I've got another song coming out um, probably in about, well, probably in about two or three weeks. And then, um, and I'm I'm gonna try and stay consistent and bring at least one out every month. Um, like I said, I've got I've got too many projects going on, but I do I do manage my time well. So <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Um, uh, the website's not up and running yet, but it's uh, unfoldingworld.com. Um, but you can find us on Twitter, and you can find Unfolding World on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all of those. Do you mean X? X. Formerly known as Twitter, as a lot of people keep saying. Mm. <laughs> um, but me, me, me uh, officially, my first song officially released across like all platforms. Um, it, it's called uh, Don't Look At Me Now. And it's, it's kind of like a conversation, um, a one-way conversation between... Um, a, ser- a serial killer and um, online narcissists. <laughs> it's child friendly. It's child friendly. There's no swearing in this one. I don't really put a lot of swearing in my songs anyway. But if there is swearing, it'll be the odd word. But like, um, but yeah, there's there's no swearing in this song, so it's fine. It's fine. I'd let my child listen to it if I had a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blast it in the ears. Yeah. Listen to his music. <laughs> Revel in his glory. This is a thing of the devil. <laughs> I wish I could make a deal with the devil. 
Mm. She's not around. She's not around. I don't think he exists. Exists. Well, um, if you don't believe in the devil, at least the devil believes in you. <laughs> Take comfort in that. And on that note, we shall see you in the new year. Laters. May the fourth be with. May the force be with you, and happy Christmas.